Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hi, this is Charles Kelly. Today I want to talk to you about Nile Rogers. Nile Rogers, uh, it's one of my sort of musical heroes, shows that not all wealthy and successful people are solely motivated by money. Now, it's a common misconception that all rich people are greedy, money-grabbing, only motivated by money, and they hoard and keep all their money to themselves like some Dickensian character. Now, I've studied the lives of thousands of wealthy and successful people, men and women, personally know many very rich people. I've written about them in my book, Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness, which I'll give a little plug for here. And I'd say that in 95% of the cases I've studied and witnessed, you know, the above assumptions are just not true. Of course, most self-made people do look after their money. They do manage their money carefully and they want to ensure that they can leave something for their family when they die in, in the most tax efficient manner possible. But beyond that, they're usually generous. Uh, they give away fortunes to charities and worthy causes. I mean, you know, you look at the Bill Gates Foundation, you look at the amount of money that Warren Buffett is, is virtually giving it all away and many others in a quiet way that just do their bit. They don't hoard it and keep it all to themselves, unlike most people say. I mean, as the old saying, you can't take it with you. In my personal experience, working in, in Rotary, I'm a Rotarian, and working with Rotary, parts of Rotary all over the world, I've found that the busiest and most successful people are the ones that give up their time and money in order to help others. They turn up when asked to lend a helping hand, and they put those hands into their pockets when they need it and they're asked to. Now, unsuccessful people on the other hand, usually say something like, well, I haven't got the time, and they don't turn up. That's a common belief that rich and successful people are solely motivated by money, but this is rarely the case. Successful people have usually found something they love and enjoy doing, which is usually why they're successful. To be successful in any endeavour, you know, you have to enjoy what you do, and you have to love what you do, and you at least like what you're doing, Otherwise, you couldn't take all the knocks and the setbacks when things go wrong. You just want to give it up. Just think about that and think about the unsuccessful people you know. They're invariably doing jobs they hate. They hate Monday mornings. They hate Sunday. You know, they get that tight feeling in their guts on a Sunday, knowing that tomorrow is, is Monday and they have to go back to work. And they go through their lives like this, sometimes almost giving themselves a heart attack, making themselves ill. That job makes me sick and they get sick. And this is one of the reasons why they're unsuccessful, miserable, unhappy, and, and often broke. Now, you take people like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. Now, yeah, you can say they made a lot of money, but they loved playing and building and messing around with computers from a very young age. They were computer geeks. So was Steve Wozniak, Steve Allen, Paul Allen, the partner of, of Bill Gates. They loved geeky things. Warren Buffett, you know, Berkshire Hathaway and Charlie Munger love investing. They spend hours and hours reading company reports. Imagine going through these company reports, sitting there for hours. They don't have many computers on their desk. They just read these company reports and look for value in companies. I couldn't do that. In fact, Charlie Munger once said that one of the reasons why they're successful and rich is that they love investing in companies 
rather than sort of chasing chorus girls, as he put it, you know, then they probably wouldn't have been so successful. That's what they love doing. Now, the rich also, you know, of course, it goes without saying they want to make money. I remember reading about Warren Buffett that he wanted to make money, he saved money. He, he tried to build up his fortune, but that's not the sole reason for their endeavors and, and for their life. And that's why many of them go on working into their lives you know, long after they've made enough money to live on for the rest of their lives. They go on working well into what other people would call retirement age. Now, I don't know if you've heard the expression, he's made more comebacks than Frank Sinatra. Have you ever heard that expression? Probably if you're a bit young, you know, you, you may not have come this. He's made more comebacks than Frank Sinatra. Why do they say that? Is that because the great singer, the very rich singer, actually, whose private jet was once cleaned by a young Nile Rogers. Well, Frank retired several times. He made so many retirements and comebacks and, and he got so bored with it that he kept coming back out of retirement and to do more concerts well into his 70s. I think he died in his 80s, but, you know, he was working right up until he could barely stand up. You know, I mean, look at the Rolling Stones, other hero bands of mine. You know, they're still going into their 70s. I don't know whether they're going to come on on Zimmer frames, but it's not because they need the money, is it? They just they, they just love touring. They love playing. They love entertaining people. And, and, and Nile Rogers is no exception. Now, in an interview with the Sunday Times that I've got here, actually, uh, it's their fame and fortune section. The multi-award winning musician, writer, producer, Nile Rogers said that he's, he's he was asked, one of the questions asked is, how much money do you earn last year? He said... He didn't have an idea. He didn't have a clue how much he earned last year. He said, look, his accountants organised enough for him to live on, for, to, to pay for his needs. OK, he's got two homes and all that sort of stuff. And the rest of it just goes into trust or goes into a charity, a bit like Elton John. A lot of his earnings now go straight to charity. They've got enough money to live on. So it's a funny thing. He said, it's very strange. I don't know how much I earn. He couldn't answer the question. But he does do things like he knows that He's, he he organises his money. He knows that he has one particular credit card that he uses for tips. He said he, he draws enough money on the card and he has about $200 at any one time in his pocket to give for tips for the driver, for the cleaners and for the maids and that sort of thing. So he's got that generous spirit, if you like. I know you might say, well, it's all right for him. He's got money. But still, it's it's the spirit of him that he, he doesn't hold on to his money. He doesn't cling to it like there's no tomorrow. So... What are his financial priorities? Well, his financial priorities are now making sure that he has enough money to keep his foundation, which is called We Are Family. Remember that song, We Are Family? You know, that's his song, the We Are Family Foundation. He wants to keep that going long after he is gone. And every year this foundation takes 35 kids from all over the world to New York to mentor them. Imagine that, going to New York from, from everywhere, you know, poor kids from anywhere in the world, going to New York to be mentored. You know, imagine that. And he feels that these are the kids who believe they can have an effect or can change the world and make it make it in a very positive way. And he gives the example of some kid called Jack Andraka, who as a teenager came up with a $15 screening device for an early stage pancreatic cancer. So these are the things he, he's doing. And, it, and it's great. And the 66-year-old, who is himself a cancer survivor, describes himself as a worker bee who has been credited on over 1,500 albums, uh, which has gone on to sell over 500 million copies. And he's worked with a wide variety of artists from Duran Duran, David Bowie to Madonna and Daft Punk more recently, with whom he enjoyed a, a renaissance as a, a singer and artist and performer. 
and he he won three Grammys on the production of those albums in 2014. Now, in his younger days, Rogers was a a spender, as he said. He admits he was a spender. I I don't think he was that worried about money. He just earned it and spent it. Now, he he talks about the time when he received a $4 million royalty check for the the single Le Freak. Do you remember that single, Le Freak? Ah, freak out, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah, remember that one? Uh, And he was just 27 years old, and he went on to... uh, on a big spending spree as many people do when they make a lot of money and he bought himself a Porsche uh, and he bought this fast boat like the one he saw on that 80s TV series remember Miami Vice yeah Don Johnson you know going on that big speed boat he bought one of those despite the fact that he lived in New York at the time and he was probably never going to use it Uh, he didn't buy a house at the time he said he just spent his money but unlike many of the stars I feature in in my book where we have the stars that lost or the stars that blew it all you know, I talk about many of the, the people who've earned a lot of money in their life, but just blow it all, you know, from hundreds of millions of dollars in some cases. Noel Rogers kept on earning. He, he kept on working and his earnings increased, actually, through his, his career. Uh, he describes uh, one of his most lucrative pieces of work was working on the Madonna Like a Virgin album, where he, he said that album went on to sell millions and millions of copies all over the world. And he had a very good contract, as he said, but he carried on working. And, uh, you know, so although he spent a lot of money in his early years, he didn't sort of literally blow it all. So, again, he was adaptable. You know, this the strongest, uh, it's not the strongest that survive and the fittest that survive, but the most adaptable in, in nature. Well, he was adaptable. And when he realised, like like the Gibb brothers, like uh, the Bee Gees, that the disco era of the late 70s was over, he went into writing and producing for other artists, like, you know, the Madonnas and the Bowies and all that sort of thing. He, he realised that that time of making disco music for, sh- like, for Chic was over. It's coming back now, but at the time he realised he had to adapt. So good luck to him. He's, he's been so successful. He's a super, super career. And, you know, there's an old saying, isn't there, that, the poor work hard for the money, for their money, but the rich make their money work hard for them. However, in the case of Nile Rogers, he said that after losing money on Wall Street in, in, in the junk bond scam, uh, where people like Michael Milken went to jail, he said that he now allows his money to rest while he does the work. Interesting concept. He, he just leaves his money to rest. Now, what he said is he invests in building technical colleges in Africa, teaching underprivileged young kids to code. So that's where he said that gives him a good feeling of of where he's putting his money. So he's putting his money to work for him, but not necessarily for his own benefit. Now, there are, are, of course, entrepreneurs and rich people who just wanted to be rich. I'm sure there are, you know, like I I read about the Ryanair boss, Michael O'Leary, who said that when he left university, he just set out in his business career to make a lot of money. It happened to be the airline business, but he just wanted to make a lot of money. And I think that kind of attitude has been reflected in his business dealing since, right? They're seen as a very stingy employer. I remember reading that they they wouldn't allow people to charge their phones in the offices of Ryanair. And they wanted to charge people to be brought onto the plane by, by wheelchair. And that they even toyed with the idea of having standing only planes and charging a pound to use the toilet so so perhaps that's that's what he's like you know that that's just the way it is i mean are all rich rich people nice and generous or mean and or and horrible no of course not there's, there's different people in in both whether you're rich or poor 
there's a saying that money is a bit like alcohol. It just amplifies more of who you are. You know, if you're broke, mean and miserable, money will probably just make you more. If you're rich and you become even more mean and miserable, but just have a bit, bit of money behind you. Now, for Nile Rogers, I think what, what he's saying is money buys him the freedom to do the things he wants to do, to keep on rocking and entertaining people, but also making a difference in the world. So long may you continue. Nile Rogers, good luck to you. Keep entertaining us and keep doing that good work in the world. And if you want to get hold of my book, Money Can Buy Happiness, look it up on Amazon uh, and you can buy it as a Kindle version or a paperback. So that's all for now. Short broadcast. This has been Charles Kelly bringing you money tips to help you save, earn, invest and accumulate more money. Check out my money tips podcast on Apple or Stitcher. And some of you might be watching this on video. Some of you might be listening to my podcast, but do check that out. And it's all free. Just go and check it out. Thanks and bye for now. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 